I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tafara Jamian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's There's no no such such thing thing as as bad food. food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. Right now, we are coming up on American Thanksgiving, and we're also in the middle of a enormous geopolitical conversation about indigenous indigeneity and rights to land and uh, it's a really important time to start investigating what you believe and what beliefs you hold and maybe what misinformation you hold about your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area and colonialism and indigeneity worldwide mm-hmm. well put Oof. Well, <laughs> and on that note let's talk about rice yeah i was gonna say <laughs> on on the topic of you know colonialism uh let's talk about something deeply deeply connected to it uh and deeply connected to the colombian exchange we're going there this isn't like the chocolate bars episode no let's go there a little bit we're getting into it yeah so uh for those at home you've seen the episode title already we're talking rice today uh but i want to very quickly explain to you what the concept of the colombian exchange because this is a phrase i just used kind of in passing and i want to make sure that you know what i'm talking about when i say it oh oh you're talking about when people from colombia buy things yeah exactly okay thank the, you the difference in the currency between colombia and canada okay i'm glad we cleared that up the colombian exchange rate yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not to be confused with the British Columbian exchange rate, which is ex- actually one for one with the rest of Canada. It's it's bizarre that they have their own currency. The Columbian exchange is the name given to the like transfer of plants and animal products and commodities of various kinds between the air quotes old world and the air quotes new world uh, or, you know. Europe, Africa, and Asia, and the Americas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is called the Columbian Exchange because of... Columbus. I don't like that it's named after him. No, but... I think we know, should name it something else. Like, we call it the Columbian Exchange because Columbus kind of kick-started the whole European colonization and and global trade stuff. It's true. It's true. Now, obviously, there were a lot of things that were less exchanged. Arguably, a lot of kind of everything was not as so much exchanged during Columbus's time as much as it was like taken. Yeah, can we call it Colombian raids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are also people who call it the Colombian interchange, mm-hmm. which is I think maybe slightly more It's just another correct. word for exchange. Yeah, but something about interchange makes it sound a little bit less friendly. I mean, I think the thing with exchange and interchange, honestly, is that there's sort of this 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 concept that it's one for one. Sure. And that's what I take a lot of um, exception to mm-hmm. in the phrasing. Now, you know, by now, folks, I really care about the words we use. And mm-hmm. this is just a thing that I do. I am a communications professional and a writer, so I naturally gravitate towards dissecting language. Sure. There's this this lie in colonialism and in imperialism. You see it talking about the Atlantic slave trade Mm -hmm. as well as about invasion 
of what we now call the Americans. But there's this idea of, you know, well, we gave them beads and they were just so happy to have beads that they gave us all their food. Right. Or like, oh, look at these silly little indigenous people who were so happy to have trinkets that they would give us furs. Mm-hmm. Which there's a whole interesting thing in that where the furs with the French fur trade that they wanted the most for hats and things were once they'd been used for a while. So in a sense, a lot of those furs were sort of like old furs. Sure. Which is why there were like cheaper trades. But the French were like, this is so silly. Right. That's a very old memory from college. So like if there's someone listening to this who's like, actually, that's been debunked. <laughs> Let me know. But yeah, I, there's this idea also, like we see this a lot with the residential schools uh, of like, well, we gave them Jesus. Right. And like we gave them civilization. And so I really, really, really have issues when we use language that implies that there was a one for one mutual trade. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because there really was not. No. Like we took their gold and they got smallpox. Right. Like- well, that's it. And and. Like, scholars of the Columbian Exchange will go that far as to point out that, like, it was not just, you know, commodities that were exchanged, right? There there was disease exchange as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is uh, a kind of awful and dark part of it. Mm -hmm. But you're right to point out that, like, yeah. Exchange almost has a an implied consent to it. Yeah, mutually beneficial. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it wasn't really... No, it's more like, it's more like, oh God, this is a gross metaphor and I'm sorry. Nope, here we go, here we go. But like exchanging germs with somebody. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, you wanted to exchange this, but you get all of this with it. You wanted to exchange a smooch, but they had COVID. (laughs) You wanted to trade some goods, but they just wanted to eradicate you and take over your land. Right, yeah. (laughs) Now, the part of the Colombian exchange that we're kind of looking at today is a part that I find really interesting Mm -hmm. and that I kind of think of as like generally good. Mm -hmm. And that is the like food side of it. Cause yeah, obviously the context around all of this bad colonialism, bad Christopher Columbus, fuck them. Oh God. But, but the back and forth exchange, the transport of ingredients and crops and whatnot from one part of the world to another being facilitated is something that I think is cool. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And there are whole food cultures today that would not exist were it not for the fact that these ingredients could be, you know, sent back and forth. Now, let's be real. Eventually, the Colombian exchange would have happened one way or another without maybe colonialism. Yeah, I was going to say, like, (laughs) ideally, in in this world, ideally, what we have is a free and mutually beneficial exchange yeah. of food which like you see on the silk road right for sure. for a very long time there were also of course battles and things that happened sure. but more or less a fairly peaceful exchange yeah. until the crusades well and um, like in in today's day and age like if there's something cool and new that's developed in one part of the world it probably does end up in another part of the world right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there is a little bit more of a like hey you scratch my back i'll scratch yours let's yeah. like you know let's pass things around let's share and that's awesome yeah and it sucks that the colombian exchange was the way that all of these things got passed back and forth yeah but 
We can't undo 1492. Yes. You know? So with that yeah. established, <laughs> yeah. with it being established that we do not condone uh, genocide, colonialism, or imperialism. Surprise. Or Christopher Columbus. Yeah, fuck him. Um, let's talk about rice. Yeah, that's it. So one of the many things that got passed around because of the Colombian exchange was rice. So rice was uh, an old world crop, we'll call mm-hmm. it, which again refers to like... Africa, Asia, Europe, like the part of the world that Columbus knew existed. Mm -hmm. There is a species of rice that we think about the most commonly. Mm -hmm. uh, And that is, I'm going to call it by this name once and then henceforth I'll just call it rice. Uh, And that is uh, Oriza sativa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now this originated in Asia, I want to say like 13,000 years ago, which is wild. Like that's a very long time ago. I mean, rice is a grass. So like... It's an old, grasses and grains are a very old crop. Yeah, Yeah. but the fact that it has not changed all that much since then is what I find really crazy, right? Whereas something like corn has changed so much. That's it, yeah. And like, yay, corn. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's crazy to me that Mm -hmm. we, the rice we eat today is like not that different from rice that they were eating in China, like, yeah, 13... 13,500 to 8,200 years ago is the like accepted kind of vague bracket there. Many, many of our listeners would argue that rice is a perfect food and sure. therefore needed no improvement. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you could argue that, right? Yeah. There are, of course, tons of other varieties of rice, like more than I could even think to try mm-hmm. and name in this moment. Mm-hmm. But that is the one that is kind of the most like common is it a short grain or a or a long grain because i associate short grain rice mostly with chinese cuisine well so that's the thing about oriza sativa is that it's both oh okay okay so it's it's just like rice yeah exactly that's like the like rice rice as opposed to like wild rice which is indigenous to turtle island yeah exactly that's it so you've got the the long grained indica variety which it's so funny to me that it's just cannabis like like i don't know why like I, I mean, I'm it's guessing... a botany reasons. We need to get a botanist on the show yeah. sometime to explain things to us. I'm sure a botanist could explain to us that like indica and sativa have nothing to do with rice or weed yeah. at their core as concepts yeah, yeah, yeah. and are just words applied to them. But yeah, so you have the indica variety that is long grain. You also have the short Seneca variety. Okay. But, you know, white rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And brown rice, because brown rice is just unhulled white rice. Yeah, yeah. So when Columbus, Columbus... And subsequently, when other, you know, British and and various other Europeans Columbus across the mm-hmm. ocean and mm-hmm. started doing their crimes, specifically when the English started settling and colonizing and creating America, yeah, they brought rice with them. They okay. also brought enslaved Africans with them. And they combined those two things to create rice production in North America. I'm actually really surprised to hear that it was the British who primarily brought rice over because I don't think of the British as like terribly involved with rice. But I guess India was a British colony at the time. Was China even like Hong Kong at that point? I can't remember that the history is a there. Good question. Because um, I associate rice much more with like Italian and Spanish and Portuguese cuisine. Sure. I mean, I can definitely see it with like with Britain having colonies in rice-producing regions. 
Yeah. So, so when it comes to rice as a crop in the United States, obviously, I, I say the United States, the current United States, there was actually not originally the Asian rice variety being used there, but the African rice variety okay. or Oriza glabarima, which uh, also, you know, thousands of years old, but just mm-hmm. more common in West Africa. Okay. And what is that rice like? We don't grow it as much now as we did. So if you've ever had Carolina gold rice, mm. that mm-hmm. is that is a like variety of African rice. Okay. It's not that the like gold seed rice, the African rice is harder to produce. It's that it's harder to produce like ethically, I guess. Okay. Uh, so it actually does yield like higher amounts in per like batch mm-hmm. than white rice. But because the primary way that it was being grown in North America for as long as it was, was slave labor, when slave labor, you know, stopped being legal, a lot of the production of that rice just kind of like ceased. Okay. So that's why we just don't see it as much anymore. Okay. And why white rice is more common because it's just kind of, you know, grown more ethically. Is it also like... I'm asking a lot of very specific that's questions okay. about rice plants. So if those are not questions you have answers <laughs> to, that's okay. Do you know if it's like bog grown, like in a rice paddy, yes. or if it's on land? Okay. Yeah. So because yeah. I know favors... there are some rice varieties that will grow, like most rice grows in water, but some grow on land. Yeah it it tends to favor it tends to favor the wet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Like most of the rice that I think we think of commonly mm-hmm. is like wet grown rice. I heard recently, I read recently about a rice variety and I cannot remember what it is or where I read about it, but there's a variety that um, needs to be intermittently flooded rather than always having wet feet. Mm. So I think that's why I was asking about it. Sure. Just, you know, different plants have different habits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> needs. <laughs> so rice gets brought over to America along with slave labor. Yeah. Slaves grow the rice. Mm-hmm. Rice is big here. Presumably, if this is a rice variety from Western Africa, many of the slaves just know how to cultivate it. Well, and in fact, that was a major factor in a lot of the slave trade at the time right. was that they, you know, the I don't remember what the name for the person selling the slaves was, but the, you know, slave trader. The slave trader would have knowledge about which of the slaves had the most knowledge of how mm-hmm. to grow those crops and mm-hmm. those slaves would go for higher prices. Right. Yeah. Things like rice and indigo and cotton, yeah. which none of which were indigenous to the region. Right. Sugar. Exactly. Well, that's it. And so there's like this weird tension between like treating people like they are not people mm-hmm. and simultaneously acknowledging that they are valuable value valuing expert knowledge yeah while arguing that this is a essentially non-human well is non-human right it's It's a wild cognitive dissonance bonkers yeah like the yeah anyway it speaks it speaks i think to the like supreme evil that human beings are capable of yep that that cognitive dissonance was allowed to exist unchallenged solely solely for monetary gain yeah exclusively yeah so that america could become the richest country in the world yeah happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving yeah so so i think this is where i want to like get out of the slave trade. yeah i would love to get out of the slave trade. this is where i want to like break out of the history side of it because like from this point on you know it gets better 
right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, the same trade ends. I have the ends. semicolon tattoo. <laughs> oh my god! Enough. No, but you know what I mean. Like that is that kind of gives us the context for where it comes from, how mm-hmm. it ended up here, how mm-hmm. it became as big as it did worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now I want to jump out of that because this is a show about the good side of food, right? And the Colombian Exchange, bad. Colonialism, bad. Slavery, bad. You know, all of these things that are kind of a bummer. Rice. I want to get out of the way right at the top of the show because rice. Good. Good. Yeah. So so let's talk about rice from a like happy perspective now, right? Let's dig into the things that make rice nice. I would love to dig into some rice right now. And I Listen. just had rice for dinner for the last like three days. Yeah. And I, I'm on a rice kick right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. And, and as you should be. Like, right. Okay. Here's the thing about rice. Mm-hmm. Apart from it just like being tasty. Rice, I think, is a magical food. I think I talked about this with somebody during the um, Munch Madness, and I can't remember which guest it was, and I'm sorry, it might have been Lee. But we talked about the beauty of rice being you can just eat a plain bowl of rice. Sure. You can just, like, unlike pasta, you don't even have to add salt to rice for it to be tasty. There are very few foods that you can eat without salt. Yeah. And still have them be good. Yeah. Um, and and even fewer carbs, I would say. Yeah. Because like Like even bread without salt is not good. No, exactly. Cuz it's like, yeah, I mean, you could eat like fruits and veggies plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. But carbs? Yeah. I think it's really just rice. Like a processed food? No, it's just rice. Yeah. It's just rice. Yeah, that's so, it. So plain rice, either white or brown, mm-hmm. delicious on its own. However, I'm going to make the case that corn can also be eaten without salt. That falls into fruits and veggies in my book. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess it's a grain in the same way as rice. Yeah. But, but I have had unsalted polenta. It's not as good. As I would believe that. Rice. Ooh, I want polenta. Well, let's oh do God. polenta this week. Yeah, we will. Because all I want right now is just to eat grains. Sure. It's also absolutely delicious if you cook it with things. Yeah. So that's it. It's it's so versatile. Rice, I I would argue, is maybe the most versatile food. I think that's probably fair to say. And like part of that is like it doesn't have that much going on in a, in and of itself, right? Except that it is delicious. Yeah. Like but texturally, it's not flavor. Exactly. It's yeah. a beautiful blank canvas, except that the blank canvas is already art. Yeah. That's it's it. just it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful food. You can make rice pudding you can make it sweet you can make rice crispy squares right or you can make it very very savory yeah you can make paella you can make risotto you can make it creamy or you can make it crunchy you know if you want to make a tadig you really can just you can do it both ways in the same dish with tadig like you can turn rice into noodles it's true that's the one that like for me like when i first found out that rice noodles existed i was like what do you mean rice noodles and then someone told me, you know, noodles made of rice. And I was like, what the fuck can rice you, do? Had you not had pad thai at that point? I think it was around the time that I first had pad thai, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I remember in high school learning about rice noodles existing okay, and being okay. like, what? What? No, what? Yeah. Well, and you can have, like, if you've had, like, tteokbokki, that's rice. That's right. just pounded up glutinous rice. Yeah. Mochi. Sure. Rice. Yeah. Like, it is so incredibly versatile those rice wrapped spring rolls uh yeah yeah rice paper is a wonderful wonderful substance yeah people even make milk out of rice i grew up on rice milk that's horrifying to me are you surprised though are you surprised no but i've had rice milk and i do not like it vanilla rice dream is not bad that sounds like a kentucky derby horse they (laughs) they also make rice cream rice 
What can't it do? What can't it do? Win Munch Madness, apparently. But this is, I'm hoping that we can maybe load the bases a little bit here. Listen. Did I use that baseball metaphor right? I think you did fine. Okay. You did fine. (laughs) You ain't struck out yet. No, I mean, I'm going to be transparent about this. Part of why we're talking rice right now is that we have like five episodes left in 2023 and we hadn't done a rice episode yet. And, and we need to make the, sure that it's possible for Rice to be in the competition this the year. The people are hollering. The yeah. people are hollering, hooting, and howling. That's it. All three for of those. Rice. That's it. That is what Munch Madness this year taught me. People were so mad yeah. that Rice had not won yet. Yeah. People were furious. And I'm just going to say to all my Rice dreamers out there, start campaigning now, babes. Start campaigning now. Oh. Make your posters, make your Instagram graphics, get ready for Munch Madness 2024 because it could be the year of the rice. That's it. Rice 2024. Rice 2024. That's my endorsement for the next president. Pokemon go to the polls. Condoleezza rice. Oh no. (laughs) Should we Pokemon go to the mid-roll real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Hey folks, welcome to the mid-roll, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of November, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. That's a full bag of rice. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is one of those times when $6 actually really makes a difference with what we're talking about. It does, yeah. You can really get, like, at least a week's supply of rice for that. Oh, easily, yeah. yeah. Rice is is something that you can eat thousands of for a minimal price. I've probably eaten millions of rice in my life. Probably. I think probably most people have. Yeah. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. And if you join our Patreon, you'll get access to our monthly newsletter, The No Bad Food Recipe Club, where each month we'll post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family. We often tie these recipes into the episodes we're talking about. So if you listen to this show and salivate, like join the recipe club because we're going to have recipes that tie in and it's going to be fun. And then we talk about them on Discord and you can do that too. So if you aren't already a member of our Patreon, please consider joining up. It doesn't cost much. Less than rice at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. Yeah, you know it's cheap if you can get it for less than the price of rice. Let's get back on the show. Okay, so we talked the history of rice. We talked about how rice is extremely versatile, extremely yummy. Sorry, do you mean rice is nice? We said rice is nice. You said vanilla rice dream. I did. Lots of words were said. Here in the second half of the show, two things. First, I would like to know, what is your go-to rice dish? My go-to rice dish changes Mm. periodically. Sure. My go-to rice dish used to be rice pudding with cardamom and saffron. It's really nice. That was like my comfort food for a really long time. And then for a while, it would have been just like steamed rice with teriyaki uh, on some kind of protein, either tofu or chicken with some veggies. But right now, currently, I am having a real, sometimes I call it yellow rice, sometimes it's like saffron rice, sometimes it's pilaf. But like I'm having a moment of like 
cooking rice with a lot of flavory ingredients cooking it in broth mixing it with things so like did one this week where I started it with like peppers and onions and added a bouillon like a little bit of a bouillon cube and toast the rice and butter before Mm. I add liquid that's why okay when I reheated that earlier for dinner I was like something about this reminds me like something about the smell specifically reminded me of like instant noodles it was the bouillon cube there we go yeah and I also cooked it in broth I throw in some curry spices. Lately, I've been using a Japanese curry blend because it's not very spicy. And we have small children who, if they sense a hint of spice, will not eat it despite having eaten spicy things as babies. Mm-hmm. And then the last two times I made it, I made like a saffron tea and threw that in at the end. And then the last time I made it, I also tossed it with dried cranberries and roasted pumpkin seeds. And it's just so good you get that savoriness you get the saltiness uh cooking it in broth gives it just a little bit more of a nutritional kick and then you can mix things in and you get little crunchy chewy surprises (laughs) and it's just it's so nice it's so nice yeah so that's my current one that's my current go-to rice i also actually actually i need to moderate this slightly and i will say this is not a go-to dish because it's a holiday dish Mm -hmm. every year around the holidays so like for for whatever we do for christmas dinner or solstice or whatever because we sometimes do different things different years (laughs) um i make a rice stuffing and my rice stuffing is sort of a riff on what my mom would make but i have made it my own But essentially, you make it with short grain brown rice. And I actually find it very important to use brown rice. The the nuttiness of it really adds to it. And also, Mm -hmm. brown rice has more chew and it, like, holds up more in cooking. Sure. So you can, you know, double cook it and it will still have texture. Right. And you use, like, bacon and celery and onion. Render off the bacon. Take it out of the pan. Cook your onions and celery in the bacon fat. This was the only time of year my mother would ever use bacon also, essentially. So, like, that's very much a treat. And then you, you know, you cook the rice in it with stock. And it's just wonderful. It's so good. It's so good. And then you, like, well, I usually, we've talked about this. I usually spatchcock birds. So instead of stuffing the turkey, I lay it like face down over the stuffing so you get the juice permeating into it and it's lovely and it's delicious so again i wouldn't call it a go-to because it's something i make once or twice a year sure yeah but it is like my thing yeah (laughs) it's like my recipe that i developed that is like really good and that for me like i have to have yeah hell yeah i love that how about you ah yeah i mean i don't I've never been one to cook a ton of rice. It's true. I kind of had to teach you how to cook rice. You when did. I you in. taught me yeah. how to cook rice. Yeah. 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 I love rice. I like to eat rice. It's not my go-to. Yeah. But recently the like use of rice that I've been the most into, and maybe this is obvious because as previously established on this show, I, I work in Italian food now, Yeah. but I've been really digging risotto for a while now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, if you don't know risotto, it's basically like a slow cooked rice that gets very creamy and very full of flavor beyond that it depends on what you're putting in it yeah it tends to be made with like fancy rice short grain starchy rice yeah Yeah. short grain and starchy feels right yeah Yeah. now a lot of people use arborio rice for it but at my restaurant we use carnaroli it's bigger it's thicker it gets creamier like it's just kind of like a supercharged arborio almost okay I've heard people call it the caviar of risotto rices. 
Yeah, um, I mean, you guys make good risotto. So. That's the thing, yeah. right? Uh, so I really, I really dig that. That's that's like my favorite. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing with risotto is that if you don't eat it, you know, when you've cooked it, if you have leftovers, it's not like the best the next day, right? Like you really kind of want to eat it fresh. Uh, except you can then roll it into a ball, stuff some cheese in the middle of it, bread it, and deep fry it, and all of a sudden you, you got ours. arancini. Yeah, and there's nothing better than arancini. Our children will not eat risotto. They will eat arancini. They will yeah. eat so many arancini. That's it. That's it. And there's this one specific variety of arancini that we sell that we make in the restaurant called uh, supli di riso, mm-hmm. um, which is like it's like a Roman street snack. Like you just buy it from a cart and walk around eating it. That's basically it's a small arancini with just risotto and cheese. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. And it's it's so tasty and so simple. It's the Italian version of uh, like onigiri, <laughs> or like a hot pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a cursed hot pocket kind of blessed. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a blessed hot pocket. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's from Rome. <laughs> oh God, this is the Pope's hot pocket. Do you think the Pope likes hot pockets? I bet the Pope. I bet the Pope likes a good microwave snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would believe that. Yeah, I have a game for you. For the end of the show here. This game is called Rice or Kentucky Derby Horse. Did you just make this up? Maybe. The rules are simple. I will tell you a name. You will tell me if you think that it is a variety of rice or if you think that it is the name of a horse that competed in the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Awesome. All right. First up, we've got Madison. I'm going to say rice. Madison is, in fact, a North American variety of rice. Well done. You're one for one so far. Our next variety or horse is Forte. I'm going to say rice. You're saying rice. Let me let me double check to make sure that it's not both a rice and a horse name because I it's was just looking at it name. as a horse name, but it occurred to me it could very easily also be an Italian rice varietal, but it is not. It is the name of a horse. All right. All right. All, all right. right. One correct, one incorrect. 50%. So far, so medium. So far, so completely and totally average. Next up, we have... Now, this one might be tricky for you. Riceberry. Horse. No. No, what? I know. I tricked you. You Ha-ha. tricked me. Riceberry. Fi on you. Fi. Fi, indeed. Riceberry is a varietal from Thailand. All right. Our next name is the Sun Thunder. Horse. Yeah. Sun Thunder is, in fact, a horse. Placed 11th. In the Kentucky Derby this year. You go, Sun Thunder. Go, Sun Thunder. You got this. Maybe next time. Four. I'm not doing great so We're far. Four. You're two. For, you're two I'm and two. I'm two for two and two. Okay. Two and okay. two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number five. This one is for all the beans. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all the horse. You can't just throw beans in there. That's not fair. <laughs> the last one for you here today is Mage Horse. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I just knew it was going to be a horse. Yeah. I just, I know you well enough. You knew me well if enough. If you had to choose between rice and horse, you choose horse. That's the problem with me, honestly. Yeah, you're that very is, predictable that way. That is my problem. You love horse. I do love horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mage was the winner of the 2023. Oh, good job, Mage. Kentucky Derby. Pro- yeah. What does Mage look like? Beautiful, gorgeous horse. Bay? Is it yeah, a bay? Really, really nice looking horse. <gasps> it is a bay. Oh, yeah. Mage, you're so pretty. Really beautiful horse. Oh, guys, look mm-hmm. up Mage. Mage is a pretty horse. Everybody go tag Mage in this episode. Do you think Mage episode. likes rice? Mage might like rice. I bet derby horses eat a very specific 
diet, actually. I'm sure they do. They, they probably have to eat real fucking specific food. They probably eat, like, specially formulated horse food. Yeah. Yeah. They're good boys. They are good boys. So, yeah, folks, vote rice in the 2024 Munch Madness tournament. Look at Mage. Look at Mage the horse. And go eat some rice. And then tell us how you like your rice. Yeah. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode of No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Tefferbear and at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, and Aslam. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if you want to hear us talk more about rice, Mm. get on it. Head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at the Pod Cavern merch store. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Short and Starchy Ingles, and our cover art is by David Two Phil's Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but certainly not least, the show was produced by me, Tom Zalatni, and you, Tefra Jemian, and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. We'll Bye-bye. see you next week. You just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Have you ever wondered what it's like to live in a city full of superheroes? To literally see people fly across the sky? To... To... Oh, ah, crap. What are you up to, Angus? Oh, hey, Sal. Uh, I'm trying to record an ad for the podcast. Heroes don't do paperwork? Yeah, that one. Need any help? Yeah, actually, um... I'm just trying to tell people about the show, about about how you and I work at a newspaper in Super City, and how we interview various citizens, from the people we call neighbors to the city's greatest heroes. But I'm having trouble wording it. You could just use that section you recorded and put that in. Huh. Yeah, I, I suppose I could. Thanks, Sal. Don't worry about it. I'm off to the office supply store. It got hit with a shrink ray, so everything is 50% off. Want to come? You know what? I, I kind of do. Oh, uh, <clears throat> for those of you hearing this, if you want to hear more about the thrilling adventures and heroics of Super City, come check out Heroes Don't Do Paperwork on the Podcavern Network. All right, let's go. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity 
is actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop with that. We're doing a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite podcatcher app. See you there.